Today we end our series, Pop Goes the Bible. We've been looking at pop culture and how pop culture intersects with the Bible through songs like the one that you just heard, through movies and through uh, modern culture. Uh, next week we will begin a new series called A Simple Way to Pray, A Simple Way to Pray. And uh, I got this short book written in the 1500s. It was a letter written by Martin Luther to Peter the Barber. Peter, the, the master barber, actually, is what he calls him. I don't know any master barbers, but um, I'm sure we've got a few in Big Sky. Uh, but Peter, the master barber, and Martin Luther wanted to help Peter, the master barber, learn how to pray. And so we will be using this and using the Lord's Prayer to teach us how to pray for uh, the next eight weeks. It's going to be a great series, and we'd love to see you uh, here for that. But today, Pop Goes the Bible, Psalm 148. Praise the Lord, or hallelujah. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him all His angels. Praise Him all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do His bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted his splendor is above the earth and the heavens he has raised up for his people a horn the praise of his faithful servants of Israel the people close to his heart praise the Lord there is a biblical word that has been embraced by popular culture, and that word is hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will hear people say hallelujah who have no business saying hallelujah in our culture. And among many songs, this song that you just heard is one of the most covered songs of all time. Leonard Cohen, the late Leonard Cohen wrote this and he himself said, it is the most overused song ever. He wrote it and said it's the most overused song ever. To date, it's been covered about 200 different times. If you've ever watched the show American Idol, you've probably seen it. Or on the epic uh, cinematic wonder Scrubs, you've seen it. The West Wing used it. House MD used it. Even the cartoon Shrek used this song, Hallelujah. And so today we want to think about what does this word mean for us? 
When this song is sung, when this phrase is said, what does it really mean? So first we want to look at the roots of this word. This word comes from two words. One, halal. Hillel, which means to praise. Hillel, which means to praise. Uh, 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 and praise is simply this. It's, it's worship. It's to adore. It's to lift something up. And here's the reality. We all praise. We all praise. Or another way of saying it is, we are all worshipers. Whether or not you worship God or something else, that doesn't matter. The reality is we all worship something or someone. If you told me where you spent your time, where you spent your treasure, and where you spent your talent, I can tell you what you praise, right? I can give you a pretty accurate picture and say, hey, that is probably what you worship. That is probably what you say hallelujah to. And Hillel, the first word in this, just simply says... Whatever we praise, whatever captures your heart, whatever gets your time, whatever you worship, that's what you hillel, that's what you hallay. You hallay. You hallay. And the end of this word, yah, harkens to the Hebrew word Yahweh. Which means we don't just praise, we praise hallelujah, we praise someone, we praise God. We praise God. And this is an important distinction to understand because I just said all people praise, all people worship. But not all people praise or worship God, right? I mean, the reality is there are other things in this life that we worship. Our hearts, as some theologians would say, are idol factories. We have no problem coming up with other things to worship. And so the question is, what are we worshiping? And when we say the word hallelujah, we say we are worshiping God. We are worshiping God. And there's a distinction here. Because one of the things I've noticed is that we love to praise other things. One in particular is that we love to praise humanity. We love to praise humanity. We love to praise the earth. In fact, if you're, if you're having a conversation with someone and you say, boy, that person has great energy or they have great presence or, or really they're in touch with themselves and with the earth, you really probably don't run into many problems. But the minute you say, boy, that person seems to know Jesus, eyebrows might start to rise in the room, correct? Right? The minute you say, hey, that's a Jesus person, you've made a different statement. But as Christians, that is the statement that we are making. When we say hallelujah, make no mistake, we are not saying praise the earth. We're not saying praise humanity. Those are great things, but we are praising the one who made humanity, who made the earth, who made the cosmos. We are praising the God who created all things. And so um, I I just want to make that distinction because I feel like if we got clear on that, we might be a whole lot better off. Um, I don't, I don't want to go too far into this, but um, man, I, I was talking with the worship team this morning and I was reflecting upon this and um, I, I'm a little down lately about um, the state of the United States. I'll say it that way, right? I, I'm... I'm down about things. I don't. I don't like turning on news. Um, I'm not. I'm not enjoying um, Facebook feeds or uh, Instagram feeds. I'm not. I'm not enjoying media currently. Um, 
I feel like there's a lot of us versus them and them versus us. And I feel like there's a lot of hatred and there's a lot of brokenness and there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of sadness. And for a dad of a four-year-old and a young man who turned six this week, um, I'll be honest with you, there's moments where I'm quite afraid for them. And I want to touch on this because if we worship things other than God, this is what we're going to get. Can I, just, can I say it that boldly? Like When we make other things bigger than God, this is what we get. When we believe that humanity can fix it, this is what we get. When we put something other than God in God's place, this is what we Get. And we're living in a grand experiment right now. A grand experiment where um, in Europe, a, a, a study just came out that's saying there's more atheists in most of Europe than there are anyone who have faith. And this is a grand experiment to see what will happen with that belief system or lack thereof. Because if you don't have God, we're all worshipers. We have to put something in that place. We will put something in that place. And I believe that what we're seeing is a direct result of putting things other than God in God's place. And what I think we need is something different. I think we need to join the descending crescendo of praise. This descending crescendo of praise. And if you're, um, <laughs> if you're looking at that and going, that doesn't, this descending crescendo, you, you've got that all messed up. You, I'll explain, I'll explain, okay? <laughs> See, there's four movements in this psalm, this Hillel song, this hallelujah song. By the way, uh, Psalms 146 through 150 are hallelujah psalms. They all start with praise the Lord or hallelujah. Um, there's something in Psalm 148 that sort of paints a picture for us of what this descending crescendo might look like. And, and here's what I mean. It starts way up here and it goes down here to us, but it builds along the way. Right? So we want to engage this descending crescendo. Number one. Number one, there is heavenly praise. There is heavenly hallelujahs that we need to join with. It's heavenly hallelujahs. There's several pictures of this in scripture. Isaiah gives a great uh, picture of this in Isaiah 6. He describes angels. Angels with six wings. Typically we say, hey, lay down in the snow up there and you make, you know, legs and arms and you got four wings. You're missing two. I'm just saying, okay? You're missing two wings. Because Isaiah's picture is that there were wings covering the face, wings covering the feet, and that there were wings flying. And that they were flying around the throne and they were shouting to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole creation is full of His glory. And they were doing this over and over and over. And as you see, he had this picture of this. The first thing he thought was, Woe is me. Oh no, I need to get out of here. I am not worthy of this. In fact, he says, I am a man of sinful lips. He knows immediately, I'm not meant to be in this heavenly praise scenario. I don't know how you woke up this morning, but I'm guessing you didn't come into worship and go, I don't belong here. Woe is me. You probably thought, I'm coming to church, right? Well, here's the picture that Isaiah 
Isaiah gets, Isaiah goes into God's sanctuary and he says, I gotta get out of here because I am so full of sin. I'm so broken. I'm so overwhelmed by the alleluias, by the holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Second picture of this is in Revelation verse nine, or chapter 19. The threefold alleluias. You can check that out this afternoon if you like crazy books. Uh, Revelation's one of those. <laughs> the threefold alleluias. Written apocalyptically by a man named John. It's a hard um, genre for us to understand because we don't have an apocalyptic literature section at Barnes & Noble anymore. And so we have a hard time understanding what John's visions were all about. But his picture to us is a, of a great multitude shouting and proclaiming the victory of God and, and how he expresses it that it sounds like peals of thunder that proclaim that our God reigns, singing over and over and over. Hallelujah. 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 See, as we join in worship this morning, one of the things we need to recognize is that this world is so much bigger than us. Right? That it's grander than you can ever imagine. That there are forces bigger than you can ever imagine. Paul says it like this, 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 that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual authorities, that there is this world going on beyond our world that we can't even see in the heavenly realms. And when we join in song, we join with the angels. Do you know that? This morning when we joined in song, we joined with the angels that our praise would ever be on our lips. If you think, man, we sang that ever be on my lips over and over and over, that song ever be on my, ever, and wherever be, ever be on my lips. If you thought that, boy, heaven's going to be boring for you, okay? Because the picture here is that we just sing hallelujah, 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 and we are completely fulfilled with that. The angels don't seem to be missing out on anything when they're around the throne with Isaiah. The angels don't seem to be missing anything when they're in the book of Revelation. The multitudes of of people, the multitudes of saints don't seem to be missing out on anything when they're singing the crescendo of Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. And so the first picture today is of heavenly praise. Heavenly praise, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, His heavenly hosts. Heavenly alleluias. Number two, cosmic praise or cosmic alleluias. Verses three and four. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. In 1654, an Italian priest and astronomer Giovanni Hodierna stared into the night sky and he saw this sort of mist, this cloud that, that he could sort of make off through his telescope and he thought that looks interesting in the sky. I should take note of that. And what he was noting um, was something that was a clump of space dust and faint stars packed tightly together in what was later called the Lagoon Nebula. The Lagoon Nebula. Years later, the Hubble telescope took a closer, took a closer look at the Lagoon Nebula. In the 1600s, right? 
Giovanni's looking up in the sky and he sees just this cloud kind of thing in the sky. And, and years later, the Hubble telescope gives us this picture. Can you, this is incredible. This is what's up there, okay? This is what's up there. Uh, here's what, here's what the Lagoon Nebula does. It is a nursery for stars. How stinking cool is that? Right? What are you doing this week? You're not being a nursery for stars, I can tell you that, right? Like this, this place is getting to it. There are stars being born in this place. You can stare up in the sky. You get out a little, uh, uh, you get out a little astronomer kit, right? And you figure out where this is. You can see this in the night sky and you can know that stars are being born above you. 1995, there was another picture taken by the Hubble telescope. And this one was called the Pillars of Creation. Pillars of Creation is it's about 7,000 light years away. The left pillar, the leftmost pillar, um, it's about four light years in length. So if you go from the bottom of it to the top of that, that's about four light years just from the bottom of that to the top of that. Isn't that incredible? 7,000 light years away. In there, there are young stars. There are space gases and cosmic clouds. There's the billowing up in the midst of the universe. Something that scientists still are just trying to figure out. And you may want to know why it's named Pillars of Creation. It's a great question. The um, Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, was preaching a sermon about the birth of Christ. And he said this, And now wonder, ye angels, the infinite has become infant. He upon whose shoulders the universe doth hang, hang at his mother's breast. He who created all things and bears up the pillars of creation. See, see, you can just look at the stars in the sky and be overwhelmed. Any of you, you like, you hate lights so much. And that's part of why you moved to Big Sky. So you're like, I hate lights and I want to see the stars. I'll never forget the first uh, tax Q&A. Tax, tax board Q&A that I went to. If you've never been to a tax board Q&A, the resort tax Q&A, you gotta go. It's just very entertaining, okay? <laughs> and I remember there being this huge argument in the first one I went to about some lighting that they were thinking about putting up the canyon to make the canyon safer. And there were some people losing their minds about putting more lighting in Big Sky and literally people saying, I didn't move to Big Sky to see more lights, right? And and I love that. I do. I love that. I love that in Ramshorn. There's this unsaid thing. Like if you don't turn off your porch lights, you're like that neighbor. We don't say it, but you know it. You're that neighbor who doesn't turn off their lights. So if you live in Ramshorn and you leave your lights on, just to let you know, you're that neighbor, okay? So, but this place is amazing. If you go out under the starry skies at night, right? The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The cosmos praises God. A cosmic hallelujah. Heavenly hallelujah. Cosmic hallelujah. 
earthly hallelujah. Uh, last week, um, I, I just want to th- say thank you to Ben Holst. Thank you so much for leading us in worship last week. Ben did a phenomenal job. Um, thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate it. Um, he, he taught on the TV show Lost, which if you don't know much about it, you, you didn't miss much. It, it was crazy. Um, but he shared with us, and, and during that time, uh, my family got a much-needed break over the weekend. We don't get a lot of Sundays off. And so um, we went down to Billings, because that's the place you go on your vacation. Um, <laughs> and we went to Walmart. I know, we, we did. We did, that's true. That's true. I bought a Nerf gun there. Anyway, um, <laughs> and one for Eli for his birthday. Um, and then we made our way to Red Lodge, and last Sunday morning, uh, we came up over my favorite road, I think, so far in the world, and that's Beartooth Pass. How many, how many of you have been over Beartooth Pass? Okay, for those of you who have not, you got, I think it closes this week, so you're going to have to wait till next year, um, but it is phenomenal. It's the road between Red Lodge and Cook City, right uh, on the northeast border of Yellowstone National Park. And um, the picture uh, of what we saw was, was this. This is, this is a picture of uh, right towards the top of Beartooth Pass. And what was super fun was we were, we were missing out on, um, on worship. And so my son says, hey, Dad, we need to do worship. We had to do a worship service. So we're sitting in the car driving up the pass and we had to do the prayers and we had to do a couple songs on the, on the uh, radio and we had to like, we had to do the whole worship service. I had to give a sermon even though it was my weekend off and, um, and we were blown away by earthly praise, earthly praise versus 7 through 10. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures and ocean depths, lights, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and hills, fruit trees and cedars, wild animals, cattle, small creatures and flying birds. See, um, look outside. The aspen are literally clapping for God right now. I'm not kidding. Like, why do aspens clap? They didn't need to. Right? But they do. But we're sitting down on our back porch because it's a big aspen tree. And it literally claps all summer long. It claps, right? All fall, it claps until they all fall down. Right? It literally, why do they even clap? Why do they do that? They don't need to do that. But the aspens clap for joy. The elk bugle. Why do the elk bugle? Well, uh, talk to your parents. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so this year was the first year that I got into archery hunting. Um, because I'm not very good at hunting with a gun, so I thought, why not get a bow? That'll be easier. Um, turns out, that's not true either. Um, but I did have, uh, by the way, I don't feel that bad because I looked up statistics on this. Only three to five percent of hunters in Montana are successful. So your animals are very safe, okay? Three to five percent. I'm like, come on. What are we doing out there? Well, I got to call in, uh, I got to call in an elk, several elk actually this year. So I have this this call in my mouth, and and I can make these sounds that sort of sound like an elk. And um, this one young bull in the first week of the season, um, I'm I'm calling and I'm calling, and all of a sudden I hear something talk back to me, like 
this big old bugle, and it's not very far. It's like 400 yards away. And, and so I call back to it, and it has, it has half the distance. It, it's closed the distance in half, right? It's 200 yards away. And this thing is coming on a line down this ridge line to me. And I'm behind this tree, and I'm just shaking, right? And I see this bull come out and start walking down the hill right at me and he's and he's looking around and he's sniffing and he's talking and he's calling and he he wants to find this girl that's talking to him he's like a 15 year old going to prom you know what i mean and he's and he's looking around and he's looking around and he's looking around he gets to within no joke 15 yards from me okay i mean he is me to diane right and i go to draw and I'm being super stealthy, and he's like, I don't like whatever I'm seeing, and he is gone, gone, gone. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't even care that I didn't shoot him. It was amazing. It was amazing. Why do, why do they bugle? I mean, they can, they can just grunt the whole time. Like, they can figure it out. They don't need to vocalize, right? But, but somehow they, they have to, this beautiful song in the forest, this haunting song in the forest. Why do whales sing in Hawaii? You ever been there? Why do they sing? They don't need to sing. Why do they sing? We're not even actually sure exactly why they're singing, right? Scientists have a bunch of ideas about why they sing. We don't know exactly why they sing, but they sing. Why do birds sing? I don't know. Why do birds sing? They don't need to sing. They don't have to sing, but they sing. Why is there so much beautiful noise in nature? You want to know why? Because even the earth says hallelujah. From the angels to the starry skies to the animals and lastly to us, human praise. Kings of the earth and nations, you princes and rulers, young men and women, old men and children. The Westminster Confession is an old document that um, kind of charts out faith. And one of the statements in the Westminster Confession is the answer to the question, what is the chief end of man? And the answer to that question is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. I'll never forget, I was a middle schooler in Denver, and I was going to an event called Promise Keepers. Anybody ever heard of Promise Keepers? It's kind of this movement um, in the 90s uh, of, of men who wanted to be men of integrity was the word that they used. And in Denver in particular, it was, it was a big deal because uh, Coach Mack, who was at uh, Colorado University, um, was one of the main leaders of that, and he was one of the speakers. And uh, we joined together at Mile High Stadium with about 20,000 men. And I remember going there with my grandfather and my father and myself. And I remember um, they broke us up for one of the mornings. And we went over to McNichols Arena, which was the old Nuggets Arena, all the young young guys and all the older guys went over to mile high stadium and and we had two separate sessions about how to be a young man how to be an older man and leaving a legacy and sort of like trying to just get through life right and so um after that morning session we were brought into mile high stadium and they sort of paraded all the youth into the stadium and i'll never forget it we were walking in and all the dads and grandpas and uncles and everybody was shouting we love you 
we love you. We love you. And like, if you're in Mile High Stadium, like, it, that's where they cheer for the Broncos. And then they're like, we love, I was like, yeah! Like, this is, I, I can just hang it up. This is the best it's gonna get. Do you know what? That wasn't the best it's gonna get. Because that was, that was just worshiping of man. What got really, really good was when we joined our dad, when, when I joined my dad and my grandpa, and when 20,000 men started singing to God together. Now, I, I, love, I love our leadership team here. Um, Sarah and Steph, you do a phenomenal job, and, and it's just so beautiful this morning. But man, something about hearing 20,000 dudes singing, 20,000 that a lot of them usually do this on Sunday. Right? Okay. Um, 20,000 men in Mile High Stadium, my grandfather, my dad, and me singing praises to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. We were giving human praise and we were joining the Hallelujah Chorus. And so, so here, here, here's, here's what I want to put before you today. Because I think you have an opportunity this week. I think you have an opportunity this year. I think you have an opportunity for all the days you have left in this life. And that opportunity is this. Live a hallelujah life. Live a hallelujah life. Join this chorus. And worship God. Matt Redman in his book, The Heart of Worship, he finishes with a chapter titled, The Unending Worshipper. And he notes um, something that C.S. Lewis says. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of the life to come. Um, how many of you have been to a symphony? Been to a symphony? Okay, great. You may be, or you've been to like a middle school or high school concert with the band concert. Not quite as good, um, but you know. Um, here's what C.S. Lewis and Matt Redman noted. They said, we haven't joined the symphony yet. Right? The symphony is someday yet to come. Someday we will join the symphony. Someday we will join the chorus of hallelujahs. Holy, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, forever and ever to the throne, to God. The only one worthy of all that glory and praise. Um, but right now, there's something for us to do. And that thing for us to do is what is done before every single symphony happens. See, so there's a moment when the crowd hushes, right? And, and you hear this, right? And everybody's, what, what are they doing? Tuning, right? And, and it's not quite, it's not a song, but, but, it, but if, you, if you listen, it's kind of it's beautiful. Like all these, all these instruments tuning up together, they're about to break into the symphony, into this melodious sound. And, and C.S. Lewis and Matt Redmond say, this is our tune-up. This is our tune-up. See, tomorrow morning, ah, shoot, t- today, afterwards, after this is done. No, no, right now, right? We're going to sing a song. Come on up. We're going to sing a song, right? And you're going to tune your instruments. And you're going to walk out of here and you're going to tune your instrument. And you're going to go to work tomorrow and you're going to tune your instrument. And you're going to tune and tune and tune. And it's going to get better and better and better until you finally hit that perfect note. And then guess what? You're going to join the symphony of praise. You're going to join the forever. Hallelujah. So live a hallelujah life 
right now. Heavenly Father, we want to join the angels. We want to join the heavens. We want to join all of creation. And we want to live a hallelujah life. So God, would you uh, allow us to do that? Would you help us to know how to do that in, in just the normal moments of the day? Help us to live an hallelujah life as parents. Help us to live hallelujah lives as kids, as teenagers, as um, as workers, even as vacationers, God, help us to live a hallelujah life. Help us to join with the chorus of trees that are clapping, of thunder, of whales that are singing, birds that are chirping, of angels that are singing, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and sing.